0: So, Pastor Dan is actually traveling this weekend. He's not here today. He sent me a note um, just asking that we would remember him in prayer this weekend. So, uh, Pastor Dan's down at a conference in Louisville. He's going to be teaching tomorrow about um, about preaching and actually reconciliation. And so, um, I'm sure for a lot of you who have traveled uh, in the last couple months, you tell people you're from Baltimore. You get a lot of questions about that, right? And it can be challenging to talk to folks so kind of about what's going on in our city right now. So please remember uh, Pastor Dan as he's, as he's doing that, um, spending that time out of town this weekend. So we've got a, a guest preacher today. Uh, Maurice Morgan is going to be bringing God's Word. Um, he brought it at the first service. It was awesome. Uh, Maurice is, uh, uh, is married. He's got two daughters. um, teaches at a Bible school down in Prince George's County. I'm not going to say any more about his life other than that. I guess I'll talk to you about it when he preaches Um, So please join me in welcoming Maurice. Good morning. morning. Your church is like, wow. It's like I was an intern pastor at a church. And uh, you know when we start, it was like nobody there, and then a couple songs ago, and then uh, I look up, nobody's still there. But your church, <laughs> your church is like. I turn around, it's like you now people start filling in, and I'm like, wow, this is just amazing. So anyway, I like this. It's very good. So anyway, it's good to be here this morning. I thank God for the opportunity to be here. Thank God for Pastor Dan who's traveling. Uh, hope you enjoy your time away. His wife has been very hospitable. Matt, Ryan uh jason great worship jason i don't know where you are jason but great worship i enjoyed um pastor b my main man b uh we go back since the late 90s man can you just like wow time goes by so fast but anyway it is so good to be here this morning i just thank god for what he's doing in baltimore and just what's going on you know just so happy so anyway i'm happy to be here this morning and let us pray Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for another day. God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness unto us. Father God, I thank you for Jesus, Lord, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Lord, I thank you for him clothing himself with humanity, Lord, that he may become like us and buy us back, Lord, to redeem us. So, Father God, we pray as we continue in worship that your son Jesus will be magnified. He will be lifted up. And that you will be proclaimed on high. So Father God, use me this morning as we continue in worship. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well again, it's good to be here this morning. Pastor Dan told me he says, look, first service, thirty minutes. He says, second service, take your time. <laughs> take your time. I'm like, yeah, baby, let's get it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, try to try to hit the major points and move out of your way. Let me move back. I don't want to spit on anybody, you know. <laughs> I, I teach at high school, and sometimes I'm teaching in there. It depends on what's going on. I get to going. And one time the girl was up front taking notes, and I started spitting on her paper. She said, ho, ho, ho. I'm like, I was like, oh, man, that's bad. <laughs> I said, I didn't get this out of control. That is not good. It's not good at all. This morning I want to talk from the subject, the blessed life, the blessed life. Former NFL quarterback um, and ESPN commentator, he once explained to his soon-to-be second ex-wife, he says, "God wants me to be happy. That's why I'm divorcing you. That's why I'm leaving because God wants me to be happy." Another quote I came across was by Elvis. When Elvis um, first started playing music, he said he wanted to be rich, famous, and happy. The reporter said, "Elvis, you want to be rich, famous, and happy? Are you?" Rich, famous, and happy today. Are you really happy, Elvis? Elvis said, no, I am lonely as blank. And as I look at that, it's like the culture has a perspective on happiness. But as we look at God's word, it talks about something different, about the perspective on happiness. So this morning, I want to look at the blessed life from God's perspective. Turn your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1, verses one through four, I probably read to verse six, Psalm chapter one. Psalm chapter one, verses one through six. It reads, "Blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight." Is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Verse 3 He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This one, I have one point for you. Um, I can give you a version of five points if you like, but I'll just give you one point. My one point is the blessed life is rooted in and obedient to the word of God. The blessed life is rooted in and obedient to the word of God. Uh, and, and he says, uh, blessed is the man. That word blessed means happy, happy. If you turn to Psalm 119, you don't know, have to turn to Psalm 119. It goes on again, verses one through two. It says, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Who also do no wrong, but walks in his ways. We all know of people who live in unproductive lives. They're not productive to anyone themselves, their family, their friends, their churches, their communities, their school, their workplace. They're just unproductive. They're just hanging on. And as you look to seek to be a part of the blessed life, one of the ways God will bless you is by giving you a life that's productive. Unproductive people are like leeches leeches they suck blood from his it takes all of his nutrients, leaving nothing. And unproductive people, they take and take and take and take. They come to the church, they complain and complain and complain. They do this, do this, do this, do this. And it's like, well, do you want to serve? No, I don't. But I just want to make sure everything's right with you. And it is to take and take and take and take. But one of the ways God will bless you is by giving you purpose, give you a sense of calling to make Christ known wherever you are. Look at verse 1 again. It says, who walks, who lives, not in the counsel of the wicked. This means you're not letting yourself be influenced by the advice of the wicked. You're not being influenced by them. Um, I was sharing earlier that I like Dave Ramsey. That's the best philosophy I've ever received on finances. Dave Ramsey is the best philosophy I've ever received in my life. There's probably something better out there as well. But one thing I like about him is this. He talks about living debt-free. Paying for the car with cash, paying for the shoes with cash, paying for the shirt with cash, just paying cash. And what happens sometimes in my family, people say, well, come on, you're going to have some kind of debt. Be real. You want a car? Be real. Want get a house? Be real. And, and, and then Dave Ramsey, what he'll tell his followers, when you have these family members or friends who are criticizing you, he says, why would you want to take advice from someone who's broke? Always trying to borrow five, ten, twenty dollars from you for for this thing, for that thing, this new idea, that idea. Why would you take advice? And I guess where I'm going spiritually is that if you want to live the blessed life, you need to talk to somebody who's living it. And the scriptures this morning, David is living it. He's singing about it, he's talking about the blessed life. Let me clarify so when I say blessed life, I'm not talking about getting things and gadgets. I'm talking about it in the spiritual realm, that you're getting a blessed life in the spiritual realm, that you're looking at life from God's perspective, from a Christocentric perspective, where Christ is magnified in every aspect of your life, that you're seeking to bring forth the glory of the risen Christ. From that perspective, not you do this money, you give this money here, God will bless you with this, that's, that's, not, that's ridiculous. Look at verse 1 again. It says, "Nor stands in the way of sinners." You're not conforming to the standards of sinners. You're not conforming to the, their ways. In my neighborhood, I had this situation where this young man he decided to pick up someone so he can uh, kill someone. He picked him up. He took him to the destination. He killed the person, and then he waited for him. Then he picked him back up again, and he took him home. And then he went home himself. And as I'm, I'm reading this article, I'm saying. The driver's just as guilty as the killer. He did not pull the trigger. He did not commit the crime, but he was with them. He's taking them to and from. And what God is saying, you've got to be careful that you don't conform to the standards of the wicked. And as I look at this... Whether you're young, whether you're middle-aged, whether you're mature, whatever you are, God wants us to be careful with who we hang out with, who we surround ourselves with. Yes, I know we got to make an impact in the world, but we must be, be careful that we're being influenced by them. We've all seen chameleons. Chameleons have the ability to change their color of their skin. From what I've read, it could be turquoise, pink, red, blue, purple, um, brown, black. I've seen all kind of colors, and it changes the color of the skin based upon the environment that it's in. Whatever environment it is, it could change or adapt the color of its skin. And spiritually speaking, Christianity, we got a lot of chameleons. You put us on this campus, we'll conform to that standard. You put it on this campus here, we'll act like this. We put us in a community where they're cussing and fuzzing and fighting. Hey, we start cussing and fuzzing and fighting. You put us in an environment where they're using drugs, we start shooting them up as well. We conform to wherever we are. And what he's saying is this. According to Psalm 1, you're not living a blessed life if you are being influenced. As we look at Scripture, we're supposed to have an impact on the world for Christ. Not the culture influencing us, not them impacting us. We must have an impact on the culture. I, I teach at a Christian school, and I just I, I've been there and then it's a Christian school. But over the last four years I begin to realize, God, you got me here on purpose. You got me here on purpose that I am in this context to make sure Christ is made known not trying to brag, but I had a chance to leave about four students to Christ at a Christian school. And I'm like, wow, God, because I, like, I was thinking to myself, I want to leave. I want to dip. I want to get out of it, I want to bounce. But then God says, no, I have you here for a season. You are anointed and appointed for such a time as this. And what I'm trying to say is that wherever you are, wherever you attend school, wherever you work, you are there for a season to make Christ known. And then once he's done, he's going to move you on to the next assignment. But you are there for a reason it's talking about conforming here Romans 12:2 says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind 1 Corinthians 15:33 1 Corinthians 15:33 says do not be misled bad company corrupts good behavior I was reading this autobiography by Michael Vick and uh, I was just really interested in just looking at it and he said his downfall came from two things he says, "One, his resolve to tell people no uh, his in. I mean, his resolve not to tell people no. He just couldn't tell people no. He just couldn't help. It. He had to tell people yes. And then the second thing was, he says, the people I chose to be, I chose to associate with. He says, when I was not playing football, he says, I had a lot of questionable characters hanging around me. He says, I was the one that had a, a, who had the idea to have an entourage with me. And he said it was so bad. He says, the Atlanta Falcons they didn't know till became till everything hit the fan. They didn't know." And what I'm just trying to tell you is that if we're not careful, the company of the unrighteous, of the wicked, will take us down spiritually. It will take us to a place that we don't want to go, that we didn't know where we end up at. It will take us down spiritually. David goes on in verse 2. I like verse 2. He says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. At this time, when David was writing, he was talking about the tour, the first five books of the Bible. Can you all help me? Because the first service, they were kind of quiet and really, like, kind of sleepy, I guess. Uh, the first five books of the Bible it is what? It's the first one is? The second one is? Third one? uh-huh, Fourth one? Fifth one? Good. Pastor B, that's better than the first service, right? They were like, like, looking at me like, what's going on here? Anyway. But he's saying the blessed life, it begins and ends with the word. It begins and ends with the word of God. And the word of God testifies about Christ. That's what Jesus talked about in Luke chapter 24. It's that it's about him. The scriptures testify about Christ. I love this verse. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Over the summer, I saw these solar lights on sale. I was waiting for them to be on sale. They were so expensive at Lowe's. I said, I can't wait till they come on sale. I can't wait, can't wait. And I went to Walmart, and I saw them on sale, and I just bought a bunch of them. And and the reason why is because I have uh, some uh, vegetables in my garden. I have eggplant, Kind of dying, I need it for harvest I got some uh some green peppers and some other stuff. And what will happen is the neighborhood rabbit, he'll come through and and just eat there, you know? And then I had this stray cat keep coming through my backyard. I said my wife said, We gotta get a dog. She said, No, I don't want a dog. I said, We gotta get a dog. No, so anyway, I got the stray cat, it keeps coming through and when I put the solar lights in, I can see clearly in the front and the back. And I can kind of see what's going on. And what he's saying about the word of God is this, that it will give you clarity to your life. It will guide you. It will shine a light onto your path. It'll give you clarity about decisions you need to make. It'll give clarity about whether you should be dating this person or marrying this person. It'll give you clarity whether you should go to this company or not. It'll give you clarity. Psalm 119, verse 9, David says, How can a young man keep his ways pure? The ESV says, by guarding it or by keeping it according to your word. As a Christian, I came to Christ at 16 years old. And i never forget when I came to Christ, the gentleman that led me there to Christ, he says, Look, we're going to buy you a Bible. I was like, Bad. I like free stuff. Free stuff is good. And uh, then I came back and said, Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we, we decided that, look, we're not going to give you a free Bible uh, because we realize, you know what? When you're committed to Christ, you're going to purchase that Bible for yourself. And you got to understand, I had a little job, right? So with this little job I had, I was buying $100 pair of shoes. I was buying a nice shirts. So I was going to the Banana Republic that used to be the place to shop then. I was going to the Gap. I was buying all these things, and I was buying all these nice clothes and video games. I mean, I'm buying all this stuff, and I couldn't buy a $25 or maybe, this is a $10 Bible, a $10 Bible. And my whole point is that it was not a priority. I was not meditating upon God's word day and night. That's why. And that's why they changed. And you know, as I think about it, they they were right. And what David is saying, there has to be a priority in your life. It has to be a priority in your life. Look at verse 2, the second part. And it says, and on his law, he meditates day and night. One person wrote in the commentary, t- t- he says, reading it over and over again in a low murmuring tone of one reading to oneself to impress upon the mind and commit to memory. This study is habitual during the day and the night. It's so important that we meditate upon the Word of God. I was telling this in class one time. They started laughing at me. I don't know. One time I was watching so much basketball all day long. I was watching all day long. And then I went to bed. I'm dreaming. I'm playing basketball. I'm dunking. (laughs) The kids said, yeah, right. Who you play for? The Busters? You know, just joning on me. And I I, I was like, but my whole point is I was consumed by this stuff. I was consumed about it. This was going. I was falling asleep watching the TV, and it was just in me. And I'm just saying, well, David's saying you got to meditate upon the Word of God. There's nothing wrong with watching football. There's nothing wrong with playing soccer. There's nothing wrong with watching TV. There's nothing wrong with playing chess. Because once I leave here, I'm going to go home and catch that other team play. Watch the other team. I'm from D.C., the other team. You know what I'm saying? Other team. Okay, you guys missed it. You'll get on your way home. Uh, but I'm going to watch the other team play. I'm going to watch the other team play. But after a while, if you want to continue to live the blessed life, you got to cut back on some of this stuff and give attention to the Word of God. In Joshua chapter 1, you have Joshua, the next generation leader. He's stepping into Moses' uh, uh, leadership role. He's stepping in, he's taking on the reins, he's the next one in line. And the first thing in chapter one, the Lord said to him, He says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. That's a good leadership principle, right there. You gotta be in the word. It will guide you, it will direct you. You gotta hear from the Lord. Henry Ford. He once had this efficiency expert come through his his company, evaluated up and down, top and bottom, look at his company. and And the guy gave him a good report. He says, Mr. Ford, there's only one problem wrong with your company. He says, as I keep walking down this hall, this guy down there, he got his feet up on the desk, and he's doing nothing. Mr. Ford, he is robbing you blind. Mr. Ford said, that guy who's sitting there, he once had this idea that saved our company millions of dollars. Went on, he says His feet were up on the desk just like it is right now. And, and, and my whole point is this. If we meditate upon God's word, it will save us a lot of time. It will keep us from making a lot of bad choices. It will keep us from associating the wrong people. If we're meditating upon God's word, it will save us a lot. I came across some practical ways of how to meditate upon the word. I think I have six ways. I think it's on this PowerPoint. I have six ways. Okay, there we go. Very good. First one is this. Take time to read a verse over and over again. Read a verse over and over again. Sometimes I will have a drive-by devotion while I just read a verse close and keep going. Get it? Okay. Let's go. Let's hit it. But read it over and over again. Find a block of time where you can read it over and over again, over and over again, so it can get into your mind, into your spirit. Second, begin to memorize the Word. I know we talk about it in education. Don't memorize stuff. Don't memorize. Don't memorize facts. I'm like, okay, but you got to get the Word in you. you got to get the Word in you. It has to come a part of your soul. Third, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. A lot of times we shy away from the Holy Spirit, but we need the Holy Spirit, the third person of Trinity, because he teaches us all things. He convicts the world of sin. I allow the Spirit of God to speak to you. Fourth, consider how that verse you're reading fits in with the rest of the Bible. How does Psalm chapter 1 fit into Psalm 119? How does Psalm chapter 1 fit in with Joshua chapter 1? How does Psalm 119 fit in with 2 Timothy 3.16? How does it fit in? How does it go together? The fifth part is this. Become emotionally involved. Allow yourself to feel what God feels. Lately, I've been studying through the book uh, through the uh, Old Testament and the children of Israel. You see how they, they just they turn it back on God over and over again. You look at Judges, the seven sin cycles. It's go over and over again. And I'm like, man, God, you're patient. My kid do something. I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing, hey? But I think about God. He's patient. He's long suffering with me and my foolishness. Allow yourself to feel what God feels. The sixth one is this. Move from meditation to application. Information without application does not lead to transformation. Information without application does not lead to transformation. In other words, what does it mean? What does this look like? What does this look like at my job, this verse? What does this look like with my family? What does this look like with my kids? How does this look at the job, at the school? What difference does this make? How should I live as a result of this information? How does it lead to application? What am I supposed to do with this? Verse three, he goes on, He is like a tree. The blessed person. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its, its leaves does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. He said, The blessed person, he's like this tree by streams of water, is full of sap and vigor, and it's prospering, it's growing. What he is saying this that you shall grow spiritually. It didn't say you're going to get a new beamer. No. It says you shall grow spiritually. You shall prosper. You should be successful in God's eyes as you look to magnify the Christ. That's what he said. You will prosper spiritually as a result of your diligent study of the word. Doing this, studying the scriptures, it's hard. Sometimes you may not feel like it. You may feel sleepy got everything calling you. Your phone's going off. Your kids are pulling one way. This is going on. Oil got to be checked. Car got to go through inspection. It, you know, it, it goes on and on and on and on. Some years ago, I had to get braces and uh, they were flossing my teeth and um, you know, I normally would do it just through the teeth, but then the lady, she had got the floss and she went into my gums like, and she was like, and then she went to the next one. And I was like, ouch and, and she's just going and going I said, my head hurts And she's just going and going and going And then she gave me the flaw. She said, look, you do this now I said, are you serious? She said, yes, you do this now I said, look at my gums Gums are bleeding, gums are red This hurts The lady said, it's just like working now Initially, it hurts you know, you feel pain, you feel all these uh, pains and all this, so your shoulders hurt, your arm hurt, and all that. If you ever worked out, I know you guys all oh, you look fit in here to me. So, you know, I'm sure you know. Yeah, You know, it's like working out. After a while, it hurts, but after you do it for a while, it becomes easier. It's nothing to draw up that six miles, that five miles, whatever you all do. It, it, it's nothing that, but it's the same with the Word of God. Sometimes you may not feel like reading, you may not feel like studying, you may not feel like coming to church. You may not feel like serving in the church. I used to be an intern pastor for like almost eight months. I feel like after a while, I'm like, ooh, this is serious. You know, you may not feel like doing it. But after a while, you do the hard things. You discipline yourself. You keep going at it, going at it, going at it, and, and seeing God's power rest upon you, seeing God's power rest upon you through the Holy Spirit. As a result of doing these hard things, it becomes easier. As you're sharing your faith with someone who's not a Christian, you find out that scriptures are coming back to your remembrance. Pastors Dan's message is coming back. The, the, the lesson you heard, heard in the community group is coming back to your remembrance. And you begin to share. As you get down during the week and you feel like quitting, you feel like giving up, that word that you have been studying begins to come back and begins to uh, revive your spirit and help you keep thinking, God will provide. God will provide. He will meet me where I am. I stepped out on faith. He, I trust him and he will meet me where I am. The word of God will come back but we must prioritize our study in the word. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. I I left it in my car, but I I had this thing with this container. I had like five golf balls, five golf balls, and I had a bunch of rice. And it's like when I tried to put the rice in, because you have a lot of rice, you put it and I filled it up. I could probably get two golf balls in, and that's kind of me closing it. But I have five golf balls, five. But when I put the golf balls, which represents my relationship with God, me spending time with God, me being in the Word, me meditating, when I put all the five golf balls in, and then I put the rice, which represents so many things, the kids, the papers, the work, the proposal at work, this, that, when I put that in, after I put the golf balls in first, I realized that it comes together. I can close it. And what I'm saying is that we must seek first the kingdom. That's what's going to last forever and ever and ever and ever. My professor in Dallas Seminary, he just passed away last week, 74 years old. And, and I forget, he always tells me, he says, Seek Maurice to have an impact on eternity, which will last forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I will spend eternity with the Lord one day. We must labor for things that will have eternal impact. Verse 4 reads, the wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. He says the wicked, you got two paths, the wicked and the righteous. Sometimes the wicked look like they're getting, they're getting ahead, they're prospering, things are working for them, they're doing well. But he says the wicked are like the chaff. It's like the casing of wheat or cereal. It's, it's like inedible for humans. He says they'll be blown away. He says, the way, of the, the path of righteous, verse 6. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. We're righteous because of the righteousness of Christ. But the way of the wicked will perish. We can read John three sixteen. It talks about God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Christ. Whosoever believe him shall never, shall not perish, but have eternal life. The way of the righteous, eternal life the way of the wicked, eternal damn nation. And that's why we're here, to be a lifeline to the lost, to introduce them to the gospel, to make Christ known wherever we are. Whatever your context is, wherever your place, wherever you are, is to make Christ known. So what? What should you do this message this week? I wanna just want to lay this out. Spend the next seven weeks. Seven days, sorry. It could be seven weeks. Reading and meditating upon the scriptures. It's like the say if you're reading through the Bible, you're reading through Proverbs, take several verses. Sometimes those pericopes could be real small, one verse or several verses. Begin to read and meditate on it for the next seven days. Okay, if you're not reading that, you read the Daily Bread or Bible Hub, take that verse and begin to read and meditate on the next seven days. I'm reading this book by John Maxwell, and uh, he talks about the 21 laws of a leader. And I'm reading this now, and and I get the leadership principle. I appreciate it. I like it. But I'm going to take that passage of scripture for each day, and I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to meditate. Say, God, speak to me as a father. Speak to me as a child of God. Speak to me, God. Show me. Give me direction. Give me clarity. You can start this this evening before you go to bed. Start in the morning. Begin to meditate upon the word of God. One deacon would say, you cannot fight any battles without the word of God. You look at Matthew chapter 4, when Satan comes to Jesus. He gives him three temptations. And each time Jesus says, It is written, it is written, it is written. He knew what the word said. Therefore, he was able to do a spiritual war. He's able to battle him because he knew the word. Just imagine what happened if we spent the next seven days in God's Word. Just imagine what happened. I believe. We'll grow spiritually. We will prosper spiritually. Am I saying you're not going to have any problems? No, I'm not saying that. You will probably enc- encounter many other problems and challenges. You will. Somebody will get on your nerves. Somebody will tick you off this week. Yes, it always happens. But it will change you. It will change your thought process. It will change your perspective on life. It will change the situation that you're dealing with. It will change you. But we must spend the next few days reading and meditating upon the Word of God. My one point this morning is the blessed life is rooted in and obedient to the word of God. Lord, we thank you for this day we had to worship you in spirit and truth. Father God, I pray that your son is magnified. He's lifted up on high. I pray, God, that we'll be encouraged to spend time in your word, hear from you. And as a result, spending time in your word, God, that we'll live in this world, that we'll make an impact for the Christ. That's what we're here for, and that's what we're called to do. It's in the matchless name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.